her production, she put on for a giant. Hey, that's the rest of 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 the rest Okay, you guys, we are back with the Bremore Productions podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Today we have a special guest. Her name is Jade. I've been knowing Jade for how many years? Um, going on three, actually. Well, two, really two. I don't even care. Officially. I don't know, but we've known each other lifetimes before this, for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. I I definitely feel that way. (laughs) For sure. For sure. So, what I wanted to cover, because you know my podcast is the safe place for the Black opinion, so you can elaborate as far as you want to. You know, I don't do no judging. Cool. So, we can go as deep as you want to, period. Let's get it. But, um... The the last time Jade came over to my house, like every time me and Jade are together, we build, like we talk about so many deep things. We do. We do. It, it gets like to the point where I feel like Jade is probably the only person that I could talk about, talk about certain things too. Cause I think anybody else probably think we weird. No, seriously. Cause <laughs> literally the last time that I was over here, we did a whole research project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of people is uh, interested in those type of things. But I feel like history, I always say that on the podcast, know your history. I think history is like the blueprint. Oh, yeah. For our people, most definitely. Um, the Sankofa bird actually represents. Reminder of the past. Yes. I got it, Teddy. Hello? Because you cannot know where you're going unless you know where you've been. You know what I'm saying? We have to know our history in order to move forward. And then that's the reason why they keep our history from us. Yes. Because they are afraid that if we know too much, we'll either rebel and go on a fucking uh, revolution situation. Most definitely. Or we will, I I think the... I think the biggest fear is black people walking away, like saying, you know what? Fuck your economy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fuck your housing. Fuck your food. Yes. Fuck your hospitals. We're going to do our own shit. What? Especially the hospitals. They wouldn't know what to do if melanated people came together and learn how to heal ourselves collectively. What? They wouldn't know what to do. It's a lot of things that um, we don't know about the, the medical industry, and we don't we don't know that it was black women mm-hmm. that were taken off of plantations. They was either um, forced into these projects, mm-hmm. quote unquote, and um, also um, Sarah uh, Sarah Bartman, which yes. is one of my favorite ancestors. I love her so much. Her yes. body was used after her death to equate the, um, the difference between the ape and the human. Wow. So because of her, they linked us to apes. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. So didn't they have her body like on display or something like that for a long time? Like For 200? No, it, it was for 186 years. Wow. Her body was on display until Nelson Mandela um, requested 
um, her body to be returned to her her land for a proper burial. Wow! But before then, it was just stuffed and put into a museum. That's inhumane. But it was a museum for mankind. There wasn't no type of woman or wow, you know, feminine energy. You know, yeah. they wasn't they wasn't focused on the woman. They compared her to mankind, like because of her. Yeah, black people are linked to apes because of wow. her big butt. Her vagina was longer than uh, white women. But wow. then it's kind of crazy because it's like, then after, okay, you got the Sarah Bartmans, but then if you process down to farther in history, you see white women wearing cages underneath their dresses. Yes. To, to look. fill themselves out, to have hips, to have booty. Fast forward till today, you remember when they were doing that, uh, it was like a suction cup thing. Oh, yeah, on yes. their lips. Yes, to make their lips full. But it's crazy because they they make us feel so bad oh, my God. for our natural features. But then turn right around and make and do these. the same shit. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. Inject themselves with plastic and harmful Silicone. chemicals. Just so they can look like us. I know if anything blow over with this shit, they gonna be the first motherfuckers to go because y'all y'all bodies yeah. are fake as shit. Real talk. Y'all won't be able to like if anything natural happened, like if the sun burst or some crazy shit happened, they'll be the first to go, bro. Almost definitely. Cause the first. all that shit fake. All that shit is fake. Bro, man. in the tans, the tanning beds and all that shit. Like Man, it's crazy. Yeah. This is the safe place for the black opinion, so period. That's period, all I'm gonna say. <laughs> but we wanted to talk about um the reason why the purpose of this podcast episode is to talk about Dallas, just one central location, uh, which is where we are based, reside, live, and you know, everything is in Dallas right now. Of course we travel, but home is Dallas. So a lot of black people in Dallas feel as if it's stagnant. There's no growth. There's no. There's nothing here for them. Mm-hmm. So my office is located downtown. I always tell my mama I was gonna work downtown. Like I manifested when I was like ten years old. So I'm gonna work downtown. I'm gonna have an office. When I get out for work, I'm gonna take my heels off. I'm gonna throw on some um some um shoes, some sneakers, get on the bus. And that's my life. Oh, so you've been, and that's really my life. <laughs> like right now, that's you my been life. Been <laughs> exactly, that's exactly my life. And when it happened, my mom was like, "Bree, you you said this was gonna happen." And I was like, "Oh snap, I did." Yeah. So I just being downtown, I, I noticed uh, um, that black people are attracted to uh, downtown Dallas. Like you see a lot of black people in the West End area. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of black people in the the West End train station. It's just mm-hmm. us. It's mm-hmm. a lot of us. Yeah. And it's not a lot of us doing what I do, entrepreneurship. Right. Really, we just down there kicking it. Just down there kicking it, smoking smoking weed, eating chicken, um, shooting the shit. Mm-hmm. And I have had a few conversations with men down there, and they asked me, oh, what you doing? And I'm like, my business is around the corner. Oh, my gosh, you lying. No, like, my shit is on my backpack. Like, this is real. And they can't even fathom in their heads that somebody actually works down there that looks like them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And then it always, I'm like, why are we so attracted to this area? Mm -hmm. I'm spiritual. So I'm like, there gotta be a reason why we are so attracted to this area. Mm -hmm. Something that's pulling our spirits to this specific area. Because no other train station is like the West End Station. In the entire city. Yeah, nowhere else. I can't even think of one right now. Yeah, it's not like that. Nowhere else. Um, and you know, I'm not even originally from Dallas. I've been here for about three years. I'm originally from Louisiana, but I grew up in Compton, California. Um, and I actually have been feeling stagnant here as far as my energy is concerned. Um, before, um, I had got a reading by Hood Mystic, um, on YouTube. He basically told me that my ancestors here in Dallas were like, yo, we need you to tap in with us, Mm -hmm. you know, because they felt trapped my our ancestors here are trapped which is why a lot of people downtown are drawn to that area you know what i'm saying and not just downtown our ancestors are all over this land so there are different places in dallas and in the metroplex where we do are, are naturally attracted to because our ancestors they they're stuck there so they're pulling us in they're pulling us in you know how um when somebody passed away and everybody in the hood pour out liquor for them yeah we don't even know that that's us Feeding our ancestors, feeding a spirit. You know what I'm saying? You know how um, when somebody passed away, we go out and everybody do a candlelight vigil. That's us feeding a spirit. We giving a, their spirit power, light, energy. You know what I'm saying? So that's why a lot of people are drawn to downtown, to West End specifically, um, because of the rich history that downtown has. And we never know about it. Well, I didn't know about it. I know about one story and I want to I want to elaborate on that before we move on mm-hmm. because God there's nothing wrong with it. And I only took in some breath because um church folk. I know I got a lot of people that go to church, uh Baptist church and um they listen to my podcast. Shout out to y'all. But I want y'all to know that this is not no weird shit because if you look deep into other cultures like um Hispanics. They do the same thing. You can even reference the Disney movie Coco. In the movie Coco, um, it was very important for the family to put up photos of the the dead family members mm-hmm. and actually celebrate their lives to give that that uh, those spirits energy. Yes. So the day of the dead, those spirits would come and eat with the family, dance with the family, and if those photos are not put up then th- those ancestors are forgotten about. And they eventually, they light. Mm-hmm. Their light left them and they, they would die off. Yeah. So go watch the movie Coco. Mm-hmm. Ajani loves that movie. It and I do crazy. too. And it makes sense. I'm like, oh, snap. Like, it made me... I, I'm like, why we don't do this in the black culture? Like, I, we talk what? about our, fa- our family members, but we don't put up their pictures. We don't we, celebrate. We do, but we're not doing it consciously so we're not doing it with awareness and we're not doing it with intention see that's the difference between us and other cultures even in the chinese culture or in the asian cultures their ancestor veneration is like key to their spirituality we've all seen mulan they had a whole oh yeah mulan too yeah where they were honoring their ancestors literally i don't think they had pictures but they did have the the inscribings on the wall they would go out there and like incense you know what i'm saying and we we do these things but we don't do them consciously with awareness and intention and once we start doing these things with awareness and intention 
what our our power will increase significantly. That's a way that we'll be able to come back together. To be honest, I feel like part of the reason we are divided as a people is because we don't honor our ancestors. Because, we, like I said, we don't honor them with awareness and intention. Mm-hmm. We aren't sitting together all the time. Some families do this, you know what I'm saying? But we don't sit down and talk about our ancestors and actually share the stories and pass them down. Like, we come from a rich, rich, rich culture of oral knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Um, oratorical knowledge, speaking and, and verbally passing things down. Yeah. Somewhere along the line, we lost that. We lost that. And we it's time for us to get back to it. And that's what I wanted to talk about with this podcast episode is the reason why I feel like a lot of Black people are stagnant in Dallas and they feel depleted. And they feel like they cannot continue or they can't even start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's because, number one, we don't know our history. The minute that I start learning about our people and, and learning just simple facts about where we come from and what they did, even during slavery, is beyond slavery, is more than picking kind. Those people were resilient. Mm-hmm. They were strong. And I'm not even talking about those that were in textbooks. Right. I'm talking about those that helped those that were in textbooks, mm-hmm. the ones that funded the Martin Luther Kings, the Harriet Tubman's, the the Malcolm X, the mm-hmm. Sojourner Truths. Like there were people behind those folks to make them who they were. Mm-hmm. So I love to find out about the no names. Yeah. <laughs> because. I feel like it will it will make you love yourself. And when you love yourself, you respond to your people differently. Most definitely. And then a lot of y'all think, like, if you listen to, like, a two, like, probably two episodes ago, uh, Takara was like, but, bro, you just love Dallas. You just love Dallas. I'm like, you don't know what I know. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I love Dallas because of the history that I have found out about da- Dallas. Mm-hmm. Even about the, the, the hood that I'm from, I know the history behind South Dallas now. Mm-hmm. I know about the first community the first black community in Dallas. Like Mm -hmm. I am inspired Mm -hmm. and I look forward to creating something just like that. So when I see y'all, I don't see little businesses. I don't see little people. I see Kings and Queens. Mm -hmm. So I treat y'all as such. And that's the reason why I love Dallas, but to find out what me and uh, Jay came across was mind blowing. Mm -hmm. Oh man, it was it was deep. It was deep. Yo. Oh, it's it so deep. deep. And, and it's chills right now on me right real now. Real talk, like, real talk, man. I mean, oh. goosebumps, yo. But it, and it, before we even get into it, it's just so dope how much history we were able to uncover in a short amount of time. Man. Like, and it's all on Google, man. We what, were just comparing dates and articles yes. and finding the 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 links the things that kind of connect the dots. You know what I'm saying? Dallas has such a rich history. Man, the history is so amazing. I told you this some years ago. Well, around the time I I met you in person, like maybe maybe two or three um, closet sales in, um, you rap Dallas so hard, you make a nigga want to be from Dallas. Like, <laughs> like real talk. It's like, you go so hard behind your city, you know what I'm saying? And, like, I grew up in Compton majority of my life, but I did move around a lot, you know what I'm saying? But, so I, I represent Compton to the fullest, but I also represent Louisiana, too. But, like, the way that you put on for Dallas, yo, like, you are the 
legendary Bree Moore. Oh, Faux thank show. you. Faux I hear people say that all the time. Like people be like, I want to be from South Dallas so bad. Bro. Yeah, bro, you put on for your city, man. But you it's so many. It's so it's so many dope other people that is just like amazing. Yeah, for sure. That's, for sure. I feel like they are feeding me like the the information that I know. I even told my baby daddy. I was like, bro. That information came to the right person. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to sit on that information and not tell anybody about it. Like, I'm I'm going to put it on a podcast. I'm going to write an article yes. about it. Because it's good. It's good. I know they probably like, okay, so what is it? So what is it? <laughs> what did y'all find out? Tell us. Tell us. All right. So what was your, what, what happened? You okay. came to me and okay, said yes. what? Okay, so, um, like I said, I had got that reading about connecting with my Dallas ancestors. Boom. My boyfriend and I, um, Anomaly, we were driving past um, the shot, the spot where JFK got killed. Right next to it is a park called Martyrs Park. And so, y'all know what a martyr is. You know what I'm saying? So, I was like, hmm, Martyrs Park. Let me go ahead and do some research. So, I Googled it. Turns out on October 24th, 1991, the commissioner, John Wally Price, uh, was able to get them to change the name of the park to Martyrs Park in honor of three black men who were lynched uh, at the Trinity Bridge Mm -hmm. because they were accused of burning down Dallas to the ground. Mm. And have we ever heard about, and I'm born and raised in Dallas, born at Methodist Hospital. I've never heard about three men being hung in Dallas, Texas, downtown Dallas. Never. So when Jay told me this, I said, wait a minute. Because when I when I uh when I got the office downtown, I'm I always been attracted to downtown. Always. So when I got the the office, I'm like, I don't know what it was. I don't know what happened. I don't even remember how that story came across. But um I came across this story about Alan Brooks and Alan Brooks was a 63 year old man that was accused of raping a two and a a half um, year old white girl. And she was in, I guess they found her, she was missing for four hours and they found her with him and they accused him of attempted rape, not rape, but attempted rape. So then they took him to trial he was supposed to have a fair trial, but there was a white mob that was so um, angry about what took place, what could have took place, that um, the red, um, the old Red Museum that's downtown Dallas that's facing my office, it used to be the courthouse. And I didn't know that. But um, on the second floor, they threw him out the window from the second floor and they dragged his body all the way to Ackert and Main Street. And they hung him, and it was like five thousand people watch while he was hanging. So um, I was like, "Yo, that's deep." Like now, I don't look at the old Red Museum the same anymore. Yo, and what's even deeper? I'm just kind of re- reading this article where these three men were lynched. It was at the foot of Main Street. See, there's the connection. And it's it's about to be a bigger connection. So me and Jay looked at each other like, oh my gosh, like there gotta be more. So now we got four people. We got four people that's been four black bodies that that was 
killed in downtown Dallas at the the old Red Museum. Four. So then we started digging some more. Mm -hmm. And we came across the very first execution in Texas. Legal. The first legal, legal. execution. That's, you know, that's written in the books. Mm-hmm. Was a black woman. And guess what? It took place in Dallas, Texas at the Old Red Museum. And her name is Jane Elkins. Okay, so the story about Jane Elkins. She was a 53-year-old slave woman. She was uh, on a plantation in Farmer's Branch. Due to her um, massa um, attempting to rape her while he was sleeping, she took an axe and she pretty much axed off his head. Mm-hmm. And she was asked at her trial, you know, does she have anything to say? Will she do it again? Does she do she feel sorry? In her words, was um, I would do it again. So, yo, and get this, I'm I'm rereading that article that you sent me on her too. So she was actually hung at the courthouse jail yard. Which is now I feel like it. Which is on the corner of Main Street. Same. Yo. Yo. Y'all can't tell me that all this stuff is not connected. That's five bodies that we know so far that's been lynched on the corner of Main Street. So then we just looking at each other like, damn, okay. So I'm like, wait a minute. Another thing that's attached to that area is the JFK assassination mm-hmm. and another thing that's attached to that area is erica badu in her video window seat mm-hmm. so if you go back to the video and i haven't even watched the video i think we need to probably watch that video yeah i think so too but um she's walking towards um the bridge mm-hmm. and we find out that like you said right past that bridge if you make a quick left, the grassy area is actually a park. A park. And I feel what and then we find out in this article that um we pulled up. And then in this article, it featured all the 28 lynchings that happened that was legal in Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. It was 28 bodies, and I believe 25 were black. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um we find out that Hollow Man's area they used to call it hollow man's and it actually was the place the designated place where they where they did the lynchings well guess what hollow man is the same exact specific location of the park the hen park in dallas whoa so now we got 25 bodies plus the five so that's 30 bodies that's 30 black bodies that was lynched downtown, downtown. This is crazy. Mom. And we have no idea. I never ever in my life, like ever, ever, ever heard of Alan Brooks. I never heard of Jane Elkins. I never heard of any other. Cause we came we came up with another story that we thought was stupid. Um some about a black man refusing to give an alibi. Yes. Because he was a witness in a case and he refused to be an alibi for the suspect. And he got hung. <laughs> and that's so crazy. Like, how are you going to lynch me? Because I don't want to go along 
what you said. I ain't even got nothing to do with that. I don't want to have nothing to do with it. Man. That was crazy. It was the story. And they actually put this in a newspaper. They actually put this in an article for you to read. Like, this was actually a reason. Like, this was actually a reason. And it's equivalent to the black boys, the black men that's being killed by police officers. Yeah. It's like, but bro, you this is so silly. It's so silly. You you were you were literally um offended by Skittles in a tea. Man, it's just it's the energy. It it, it it had nothing to do with Skittles, it had nothing to do with tea, it ain't had nothing to do with the fact that he was wearing a hoodie and you couldn't see his face. It's just the energy. We have such a magnetic energy. And such a bright light that shines through our melanin, man. People hate on that. Like naturally, it's like a, a um, what's it called? An inferiority complex. Yes, it is. You know what I'm saying? And I hate it. I had it too, man. I, I hate it. And it's projected so much onto us. We start looking at each other like that. Then we come in with Willie Lynch. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's all connected. It's all connected. And it and it sucks because. We are such an amazing people, yo. Like, we are so creative and innovative, just godly. Like, yo, when I tell you we are an amazing people, we are so oppressed mentally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More it's than mentally. It's, more. And I tell, in a oh, after I, after I watched the Hidden Colors documentary. That's a really great series. I came up with the conclusion. I said, you know what? I think slavery was more mental than physical most definitely and it still is like we're still enslaved when well, all of us majority of us though are still enslaved mentally absolutely and i i definitely feel that way like seriously and i've been feeling this way for years so i know y'all probably thinking what the what what they have to do with us right now today why are we stacked why that okay y'all told us some history that don't make sense like Okay, we'll elaborate after we give a shout out to our sponsors. We'll be right back. <laughs> okay, you guys, we're back with the Bring More Productions podcast, the safe place for the Black Opinion. Please make sure you go subscribe to our podcast. You can do so by going to the Anchor app. Boom. And hitting subscribe. And then if you have Apple Podcasts, you can do the same thing. You just hit the subscribe button. So every time we drop an episode, you'll be one of the first to know. And you can also go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please do that. Um, Bring More Productions is a like a huge situation it's fashion music art and conversation the podcast covered the conversation part the fashion music art is pretty much our events that we host on a consistent basis um, virtual events are coming up soon um, we still trying to tap in and adapt to this corona shit but for the most part that's the spiel of bring more production so make sure you subscribe to everything you can also subscribe to the website so when we do send out blog posts about events and you know, when I do tap into my writing skills, um, you can read the blog post as real. So you can po- you can subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and also to the blog, the website. So I got Jade with me, and we talking about the history of Dallas. And we just ran down the stories of Jane Elkins, which is the first black woman to be lynched legally in Dallas. I mean, in Texas. And it took place in Dallas, Texas. And then we talked about Allen Brooks and 
I we didn't get the names of the three so men. They're Uncle Cato Miller, Patrick Jenkins, and Samuel Smith. And they were the three black slaves that were suspected of arson and burning Dallas, uh, burning downtown Dallas. Isn't that what happened to um, Black Wall Street? What happened? Why they burned down Black Wall Street? Uh, Black Wall Street was burned down by white people. Right, but successful. I thought the story was. Um, what was the story again? I think it was. Um, wasn't that? It was a black man. And I remember, oh no, I'm thinking the Tulsa. That is Black that Wall is Street. Walk, okay, yeah. okay, okay. So they did. But it okay, sounds that's familiar. Right, that's right. That's right. It sounds familiar. Like I'm tripping. it had to be some type of arson or the black people end up going to that cross the town. I don't know. But the reason why Black Wall Street, you know, was burned down because it was so successful. Most definitely. And like, man, hundreds and hundreds of businesses. Black owned businesses. They had doctors, dentists. Everything, everything, man. hospitals, everything. It was crazy. Man. But anyways, back to Dallas. So I know y'all trying to figure out what does this tie into now? How does it tie into us as a people now? Um, like I said, I think that I'm excluded out of this situation because I know my history. I am aware of self. I am also aware of our people and how beautiful we are and where we come from and how beautiful that place is and all that amazing stuff. I know we were more than slaves. And I know that um, I know slavery was more mental than anything. Like I have had purified dreams about this shit. So, yeah. Um, the thing that ties in this situation is the fact that I feel like because number one, we don't know our history. So if you don't know your history, you don't know where you're going. Mm -hmm. You don't know where you stand. You don't know who you are. Um, if you are aware of these type of situations, you will move different. You will look at your world differently. Like, oh my gosh, you, a 53 year old woman was literally lynched. A 63-year-old man was lynched. Like you would just, your mind would go to other places beyond what you can see. And you will feel some type of love and protection for your people. Appreciation. You would feel you would feel pride yeah. in your people just off of the things that you that we've done and have accomplished and just a, a love and appreciation because a lot of blood has been shed to get us where we are right now. Exactly. Most definitely. And another thing that I wanted to touch on, and I think this is the most prominent thing, is I feel like fear was passed on from generation to generation. And that's mm -hmm. the reason why we don't know these stories. Yeah. We don't know these stories because they were buried. They were hidden. They were kept a secret. So we wouldn't make the same mistakes as they, as the ones that came before us would look at it. Like, we don't want to put our people in the same predicament. So we're not going to bring up the Allen Brooks. We're not going to bring up the Jane Elkins. But if anything, that would have uplifted us and that would have made us powerful. And that honestly, I feel like that would have made us move different. And I think another thing, too, I think that uh, one of my cousins, um, she's a little older than me. She always used to say, as we got wiser, we also became weaker as a people. And that's because as we started to gain all of this, this knowledge, not necessarily knowledge of self or knowledge of uh, or awareness of ourselves as a community, but just knowledge in general, we became weaker as a community. You know what I'm saying? We stopped passing down these stories, stopped telling our children about 
their their elders and their ancestors. We stop because at some we used to have a lot of ancestor veneration in our community, but somewhere along the lines, like there was a disconnect. There was a disconnect, and I, I genuinely believe a lot of that happened in the um, in the crack era. I, I I really think that when crack cocaine hit the streets, which was, was planted. Of most definitely, when they dropped that stuff in the streets, in the hoods, we stopped having that connections with our elders. We stopped having that connection with one another. You know what I'm saying? A lot of black men were being taken away from the homes, getting put in prison. So the moms got to go out here and work. We're not focused on building together as a community. You know what I'm saying? So we're not even focused on building within our home. Shit. A, a lot of people don't even educate their own kids at home, which is why motherfuckers is going crazy during this goddamn quarantine. We're having to homeschool because they wasn't already doing this. But you you got to think about it. Like my mama is a school teacher. And as much as her correcting everything I said used to get on my damn nerves, I'm grateful for having to do book reports during the summertime. It would help with reading and comprehension. We're not doing these things in our homes anymore. Well, we weren't before, but I'm pretty sure that this quarantine is helping a lot of people see how much the connection was lacking in our homes. Yeah. And that's because the value, the things that we valued back then, man, like we value education because during slavery, we couldn't read and write. Yes. So when slavery was over, you had those little black um, schools that were... Hell, they used to meet underneath willow trees. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there was even a story in the Hidden Colors uh, documentary about um, a mother, which was a teacher, and a, um, she had a daughter as a student. They were exchanged the same dress just so they can go to church and school. The mom would give the the daughter the dress so she can go to school, and then the is the sacrifices, the shit that we had to go through just to read a damn book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of course, like after slavery, like black people valued education and reading because it was not given to us. It was and the fact you gotta even think about that. You gotta think how deep that shit is. Yeah. The fact that you didn't even want me to write my own fucking name yeah. or even write my children's name or even read a book or the newspaper, the fact that you didn't even want me to do the simple thing. We would get beat. Beat. For trying to read, trying to learn how to read. And that that genuine love and appreciation for that was lost. I think as as we gained the access. So the that's integration. My, so that's, hey, we don't get into that. <laughs> I think that's part of the reason my cousin says that as we got wiser, we got weaker. Because when we had more access to knowledge, more access to information, we didn't value it as much. It's one of those things where, all right... If if I have access to all this candy, I mean, I'm it's not just gonna candy. It's just you know candy. It's just candy. Just but, like rich niggas, they don't give ten thousand dollars. I got you. But like, what? Like what's that? Go, here's some stacks. Go blow. They it. can when go you, to strip clubs and you like, bruh. But when you live in paycheck to paycheck, that ten thousand dollars is life changing. What? Real quick, real quick, and you gonna make that shit last? You because stretch. when you don't. And I always say this, people that come from more privileged backgrounds, they do not have a, a more of appreciation for certain things. Because when you don't have, 
and you're you're forced to use what you already have, you appreciate shit way more, way more than shit when when you get shit handed to you. So that's the same with us when it comes to information. And now we have the internet. Information is just out there, man. I mean, it's out At there, our and, we, and we take we are taking advantage of this, and, and not in a good way though. We're really not, I'm going to say we're not taking advantage of it because we're not using these tools to actually do our research, do the knowledge, do the research and history on ourselves as a people. That's what I say. I tell people all the time, do not allow your your phone to be smarter than you. Do not, you pay a hundred plus dollars a fucking month to hold this device in your hand. And literally, like, everything that we are looking for is on this device. It took us, like, what, less than 20 minutes to pull up these articles? No, seriously. It, it didn't take us that long. It didn't take us long at all to pull up these articles about the history of Dallas. So it's like, y'all, it's deeper than Facebook. It's deeper than uh, Instagram and hashtags and shit like that. Like, Google mm-hmm. is right there. It is right there. Right there. We don't have to go to the library no more. We don't have to dig through books anymore. Even though some of y'all need to. I ain't even going to stunt. So I love the, the feel of... I love, a, I love a the book, smell. Paper book. Being able to turn the page. I love the smell of books. Man, but you know what? I realized even when talking to a lot of these kids, people don't like to read. Yeah, and, we lost the, the likeness of it as well. Like, but, how do you not like to fucking read? But you know what? I, it That comes from a mixture of things, though. Okay, so think about it like this: When you're a kid and you really like to read, it's other kids they're gonna pick on you. You know, oh, you you like to read, but that's because that kid has a problem, has a hard time reading. Yeah, they might have dyslexia, so they have a difficult time reading what's on the page. They might see the words jumbled up. Somebody at home might not be helping them with their reading. They don't see people reading at home, so they don't think that reading is cool. Because children don't do what you say. They they do what they see. Yes. They do what you do. You know what I'm saying? And, and please stop telling your kids, do what I say. And not, not as, as I, I do. do. That's the dumbest shit ever. Oh, my gosh. I, I That's heard the that dumbest shit so ever. Much. If I see my mama doing some shit, I'm going to do it, too. It doesn't matter if she tell me not to do it. Nah, I'm like, I'm what? And, you know, when it comes to kids, <laughs> I see kids. You're an artist. So I see children as a blank canvas. Right? And so you as the parent, you are the artist you know yeah. what i'm saying you you are literally painting on that canvas and so all of the influences that this child gets all all right you are orange paint i'm black paint you know what i'm saying you blue paint just being around you know what i'm saying that child is going on that canvas yeah so a lot of people in the we don't even mind you we don't even look at ourselves like a village anymore everybody's separate you can't tell nobody about their kid nowadays yeah you, you can't tell nobody how to raise their own child. They, they, oh, I got this. Don't tell me how to raise my baby. You know what I'm saying? We used to be a community. We used to be a family. We used to be a village. When the whole block know that your ass is tripping at school, everybody used to whoop your ass. Yeah. You used to come up the street getting your ass whooped and then get home and still get, get your, your ass, ass whooped. Because mm-hmm. you was out here cutting up. So, uh, Shirley down the street heard you cussing out her window. So she came outside, got that switch and whooped your ass. Then she called your grandma your baby down here cussing, so you getting whoopings on your way home. Because <laughs> everybody on the block at this time that heard that you was cussing, so everybody was Oh, I used to hate that shit. But now it ain't like that. <laughs> no, it's not. It ain't like that. No. Nope. Shit, people be like, uh, you try to tell somebody about that kid, they ready to fight you. 
they're looking ready to fight you. But we don't realize that all of us influence our children. Literally, when they come out, I, I genuinely feel like babies are a hell of a lot smarter than adults because they came from the source. And they're not distracted. They're not distracted. And we're not throwing our our um our filters on them. We're not throwing our expectations on there, our, our perspectives, yeah. our beliefs. We're not putting all of those things on them, but they are that blank canvas, that purity until we start influencing them. You know what I'm saying? So what are you painting? What are you putting on your child's canvas? What influences is your child around? And that's everybody from the mama, the daddy, the grandparents, your friends, the, the dudes and females that you're bringing around your kids or like they're rough. All of these things influence your child That's so we facts. we have to be mindful of that because just going back to the conversation that we were having about reading if your child is not seeing you read in the house if your child not seeing nobody else read to them or reading period they're not gonna like reading because they don't think that that's cool you know what i'm saying i'm pretty sure ajani loves to read my daughter is five months and she loves reading <laughs> she loves to turn or attempt to turn the page because she sees me reading. Me and her father, we both read to her. You know what I'm saying? We have to start instilling that love of reading into our kids. But see, technology, we also have us messed up too. Because we be quick to put a tablet in the kid's face, put a phone in the kid's face, go ahead and watch some YouTube. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and sometimes some people be like, all right, play this educational game. But still, we put in this, this electronical device in this child's hand, not even paying attention to the fact that the radiation that's coming off of that is feeding into the child as well. But we're not putting these books in their hands like a hard paperback book. You know what I'm saying? We we really have to return to that and, and do it amongst each other. What happened to book clubs? You know what I'm saying? The, the mommy meetups. It's you know a lack of commitment. Yeah. That's what it is. It's mm -hmm. just the lack of commitment. It is the, um, I honestly feel like what's going on going on right now the fact that people are on lockdown people need to stay in the house this is the time for you to get to know who you are as an mm -hmm. individual and start running from your traumas and mm -hmm. family and mm -hmm. spending time with your kids only thinking about chasing the bag like yes. this is our time to really get in depth of who we are and what do we want to do because we never really had the time to do so. We never really had a time to think. The only thing we think about is our nine to fives, get chasing the bag, making sure our kids got the the clothes on their back, the shoes on their feet, like in social media and looking cool on social media. That's the only thing we fucking worry about now. Like this entire time, I actually been in the house longer than everybody else because um, my office building just stopped everything like two weeks out so i've been in the house for two weeks i'm straight i am straight mm -hmm. because i run around a lot i'm dealing with different energies all day every day i'm happy to be at home painting yes. and being with my child but that's the thing about me and johnny and his father the the dynamic that we have with him, a Johnny already see entrepreneurship there's been times and a lot of people disagree with me when i do this shit but um, sometimes I keep a journey away from school. Like I'll be like, we ain't going to school today. We're going to the office. So he can see me witnessing me, you know, in Bremore Productions at my office, 
working. Like yeah. he actually seen that. He touched it. He feels it. He he smells it. He, it's all over him at this point. And the same thing with his dad. His dad is also um, an entrepreneur in a sense. You know, he takes a journey on jobs and a journey soak up all this stuff. Like that's important to us. Yes. And I'm willing to miss a day every two weeks or so. Yeah. Just so I can pull him out and educate him as well. Because if I had somebody well, my mom showed me a glimpse of it. But if I had a whole blueprint of entrepreneurship, most likely I wouldn't I I wouldn't be in seven seventy thousand dollars in debt over some fucking student loans. Oh man, I'm a good forty fifty thousand dollars in debt in the first part of that. I didn't even finish school. Exactly. I went to massage school afterwards and I'm I'm using that, but I actually plan on homeschooling my daughter. Um really we plan on world schooling her and going to travel. Like we're not doing birthday parties, baby. We're doing birthday trips. Y'all trying to go? Her birthday's in October. We said the same thing, so too. So, we taking birthday trips. We you know actually decided to skip out on a birthday party this year. Yeah. And take a trip instead. Yes. Because I feel like it's nice to come around your family, but we need to be doing that anyways. Exactly. We need to be not just together on birthdays anyways, and holidays. And funerals. Yeah, we need to come together yeah. more often. Yeah. But what's important to that child is going outside of the United States, going out, not even just the United States, because there are some amazing places in the States too now, but going outside of their cities, going outside of their hometowns and their states and actually going to experience other cultures, other life, other food. And I think that's the reason why me and you vibe so well, because me and Jada actually traveled together. Yes, We actually meditated on the Mississippi River in uh, New Orleans. Orleans. Yes, that was an amazing vibe yo that yeah. whole trip was just amazing it was so spirit led it was just amazing man it was so amazing it was amazing it was amazing and it's definitely important you know to travel and you yes. know touch feel taste different cities and cultures and black people like to see black excellence outside of it and of course yes. like it's nothing to me for me to bring it back to Dallas and like whoo like y'all, and be exactly that. I have great examples, not only in Dallas, but also in Philly, New Orleans, Wichita. Like, I love to travel, period. So Me it's too. very important for us to like bring that back to our city and just give that energy. Like, that's important. It is. And it's it's imperative that we do so. Because if we don't, then we'll stay stuck in our own paradigm, our own perspective of life our own way of life by what we what we know and we never will step outside of the, our comfort zone my mom would tell me uh your comfort zone is where your dreams go to die mm. yes that's and I'm, facts yeah i'm gonna say it again your comfort zone is where your dreams go to die and your comfort zones don't necessarily have to be a physical sp- uh, space yeah it can be mental it Majority can definitely of the time, be most of the time. It's, it's mental and, that's and the spiritual. whole purpose of this podcast. Episode. Yes. Y'all niggas are stuck because you don't know your history. Yes. You don't value your people. You don't value where you're from. You don't value who you are. That's why you feel stagnant in Dallas. You can put me in any motherfucking city on this earth. I'm going to feel superior. I'm going to feel queen-like. Because I am. It doesn't Period. matter. And to... I was like, the first thing that came to my mind when I found out the history about Dallas and the 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 lynchings and what took place in downtown Dallas, actually across the street from my building, I didn't feel no fear. The 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 thing that I I felt was tell everybody, 
mm-hmm. write about it, yes, speak about it on your podcast, even host a, an event. I I even tell Jay, yo, we need to pull up and we need to say yes. thank you. Yes, we do. We need, we to, need go to meditate down there. Yeah, we do need to meditate. Yes, we need to go. Meditate we need to down you know give them flowers. Yes, the pain and the sorrow. We yes. feel that shit. We yes. understand that, and we are grateful for you. And we sorry that you even feel that way, you know? Yeah. And that no matter where you that. are, too, you know, not even just in Dallas, in, in your own city, your hometown, your own state and country, because I know you got viewers all over the world, you know what I'm saying? But go to your, your downtown or to some of these monuments that some of y'all have, these statues. Touch them. Touch them. These are portals. This is energy, concentrated energy that's just there waiting for you. Give honor to your ancestors. Sometimes you can just speak out loud and just say thank you because no matter what your spiritual or religious belief is, you have an ancestor, period. You got yeah. an ancestor. You got somebody that was born before you because you had to get here somehow. You ain't the first of your lineage. So always be aware. So always be aware that you can always call out and give thanks to your ancestors no matter where you are, no matter what you do. Shoot. I'm spiritual. You know what I'm saying? But in certain religious, them your ancestors. Like yeah. speak to your ancestors, man. Give honor, give reverence, and and really venerate them because they are the reason that you are here. They are the reason that. You are where you are. You are who you are. We are our ancestors, man. We are our ancestors. That's why you, Brie, and I feel so strong about this topic, so passionate. Yeah. Because our ancestors are everything. We're literally our ancestors' dreams. So dope, man. Man. Amazing, resilient people. Powerful. Oh, my gosh. Another reference for that is um, She Gotta Have It. Spike Lee's um, Netflix series. And on She Gotta Have It, you see Nola always going to the grave sites of those that inspired her Mm. the most. And I know all of us look up to um, certain individuals, like the Tupacs, the Biggies. Mm -hmm. Nipsey's uh, death anniversary is coming up in a few days, probably two days from now. It's about to be one year of Nipsey's passing. Wow! So it's like, even that, even if he's ever inspired you, listen to his music on yes. that day. Yes, that's how you honor Celebrate him. his yes. life on that day. That's the reason why Tupac legacy would never die, because we still uplift his spirit. Yes. Some people feel like the nigga ain't dead. Hey. That's the reason why people are, he ain't dead. His he ain't energy. dead because his energy. We yes. we speak we, about him all the time. Of course he's not dead. We feed his spirit. Same thing with Biggie. Biggie just got his street name last year yes. in Brooklyn. And that's because we continue to, uh, you know, let these legacies continue. Same thing with Harriet Tubman. She just got a movie. She's still being talked about. Madam uh, C.J. Walker documentary just hit Netflix. She's still being talked about. So I know y'all have ancestors in y'all family that y'all can talk about. I know there's um, descendants of Alan Brooks. I know there's descendants of Jane Elkins in Dallas. Like, bro, I think I would cry if I ever meet these people. Man, touch these people. You would probably even feel it when you meet them. And let me say this too, because I know that there are people that may be listening to you who might not know their family. Some people oh, may yeah. have been adopted. That's true. That's true. Some people may have been, um, you know, adopted or just might not know their their family history because some families don't necessarily have that history on hand. That's okay. 
You can always say, I just want to give thanks to my ancestors, known and unknown. You know what I'm saying? And ask that they show themselves to you. Ask that you can feel that the, their energy. Because no matter if you might not know any of your bloodline, like I said, people are adopted that don't have any history or any um, records of their family. You know what I'm saying? But they, you still were born somewhere. You know what I'm saying? You still have family somewhere. You still got ancestors watching you, covering you, helping you out. So y'all remember, honor your ancestors, man, known and unknown. And you know what's crazy? It's not crazy, but it would, if you start speaking into these things, if you want to know things, it would come to you. Mm-hmm. It would come to you. Even if you've been adopted, all of a sudden you might be like, wait a minute, that person look like me. Let me do some digging. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my gosh. We are related. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. My best friend that I've been knowing for years is actually my sister. That yes. shit really happened. It does. It when does. you seek it, when you when you speak it up, the power of the tongue is very imp- uh, important. Mm-hmm. That's why I tell everybody all the time, be very mindful of what you say because the universe is listening. Oh, yes. Most be definitely. very mindful of what you say. So... Yeah, y'all do y'all research on uh, Jane Elkins, um, Alan Brooks, Uncle Cato, Samuel Smith, I believe. Yeah, and uh, what's what was the other person's name? name Patrick. Y'all, please, like, I'm gonna actually post the article that we found in the show notes. So you guys can actually go read the article for yourselves. And uh, of all the legal um, lynchings that happened in Dallas, they actually have every single story in that article. And you may, y'all might not, you know, it would be really amazing if somebody be like, yeah, that's my uncle. That's my great, great uncle. Brie, you was talking about. I'd be like, yo. We're going to have to meet up, meet and greet. Yeah. Like we need to bring these stories up and stop living in fear. Stop passing on this fear that's what's that's what happened i feel like that's that's the thing that that's going on in dallas it's the fear me and my homegirl we we talk about this all the time like we don't know what it is about dallas we don't know mm-hmm. what it is Pe- people always compare atlanta and dallas especially the black communities mm-hmm. man i want to go to atlanta because people really support in atlanta da, 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 da. and i'm like yo and people like we don't know what it is about dallas it's fear that's what it is about Dallas. Those stories wasn't taught to us for a reason because mm-hmm. our people were living in fear. Mm-hmm. We got to stop living in fear. We have to start living. We've been living in fear for so long. We know how to survive. It's time for us to live. Yes. Period. It's time to thrive, y'all. Let's get it. So now that y'all know the history of Dallas, that I really feel like that's linked to our energy and how some of y'all move. Not me, not, me, not Jay, but some of y'all. Some of y'all. The, the ones that come to me all, you know, with negative opinions about certain things. Um, th- I feel like this is the reason why. So look it up for yourself. And um, if we have like a meditation situation in that park, we would definitely let you guys yeah, know. Yeah, for sure. We for need sure. to do that. We need to pull up. After this damn quarantine, man. Yeah. Because I want it to be huge. I want to see your yeah. dad's be like, what the fuck going on over there? Yeah, for sure. That'd be it's dope. time. We're going to put this together. Yeah, we need that. So thank you guys so much for listening. Jay, shout out your Instagram yes. handle. Um, you guys can follow me on Instagram at Supreme Melanoidis. That's Supreme M E L A 
Yeah, and then I'll pop up. <laughs> I ain't gonna say She I'll got the up. elderberry syrup. I do. I have the elderberry syrup, all natural herbal teas. I make detox and immunity booster juices. Y'all get at me, get at me. Let's get this healing, y'all. And I'm a massage therapist too. Let's get this healing, y'all. Thank you guys for listening. Again, go subscribe to the podcast and also leave a review. Let us know how y'all feeling. And we also have a Facebook group specifically for Bremore Production supporters. So you can go join that. We have the podcast subscribe to and also the YouTube channel. Please subscribe. Everything. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. I cannot say that enough. Thank you guys for listening to the Bremore Productions podcast. A safe place for the Black Opinion. Until next time. Peace. Peace.